The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. Kansas City Chiefs are once again AFC champions and heading back to the Super Bowl for the second year in a row. Oh, it is good to be the villain. What is going on, peeps? Welcome to episode 146 of the Fretzelmania podcast. I am the North American treasure, your second favorite Canadian, the CEO of Chiefs Kingdom Canadian Division, Mr. Fretz. Today I'm going to be talking about the Royal Rumble from this past weekend and taking you back to the year 2000 for a Monday Night Raw from February 7th of that year. The Radicals have officially signed with the WWE and Triple H has laid down the ultimate gauntlet, the ultimate challenge to Cactus Jack. Stay tuned, my friends. It's a good one today. Now, we had a crazy whirlwind of a week in the modern world of pro wrestling. Not only did we have the Rumble, I am going to talk about that briefly, but I felt that I should at least mention the whole Vince McMahon lawsuit, this uh, pending charges he might have up against him of, of the hush money and the sexual abuse. And I read a chunk of that court docket, at least what I could stomach, because it was it was utterly disgusting, abhorrent, filthy, and you know, my heart goes out to the victim in question here. And if this is proven to be true, throw the full book at Vince, throw him under the jail, and let him rot. That's... And it's gross. I have a hunch that the, the Kings of the Rings are going to break this down into better detail than I this week you know, king ricky was actually on down for the count the the night the news dropped and he was able to use his psychology background to really digging to dig into this intelligently and to break down like why a man in his position of power and his childhood and his background would even you know consider doing these things i can't do it justice I, I i don't have a background in psychology i have a background in theology i took a couple of minor psych classes and almost bombed them because they were hard as hell but man, my heart goes out to the victim here or any victims of of abuse like that just i love yous you are seen you are heard 
And again, if this is proven to be true, fuck Vince. Throw him in confinement. Throw away the key. Gross, man. There's there's no way I could possibly appropriately segue into talking about the War Rumble. But I'll say this. If the allegations against Vince end up being true, I hope he spends the rest of his life behind Mars with no chance of parole and that he suffers greatly for the rest of his life through him. The Royal Rumble took place this past Saturday, and I'd actually already recorded a mini review of it, but literally as I was in the midst of recording, uh, Kyle from the Apron Bump podcast, shout out to Kyle, dropped the news in his Discord that CM Punk was injured during the Royal Rumble match, tearing his tricep, and he is now out of action until after WrestleMania. It really threw me off, and I forgot almost everything that I was going to talk about, so I decided to edit a few (laughs) bits into this episode. As is tradition, or has been for the past couple of premium live events, I watched and live reacted to the Royal Rumble with members of the Wrestle Addict Radio Discord, including Zach from the Young Lions perspective, King Ricky Rose, our esteemed general manager, and member of the Kings of the Rings podcast, a uh, listener, Sir Charles, good friend of King Ricky's, and uh, and a good fella himself. I've done some PS5 chats with him and Ricky for for other PLEs over the years, and he was there for just a little bit. And a new member of our Discord, I didn't quite get his name because his mic was quiet and everyone else was was talking, but his name is L3AZI. Uh, Lazai, I'm guessing that is. Oh, and uh, Kay Murphy himself also showed up. I believe their friend or their partner was in there for a little bit. And we got to meet their Corgi. The name of the dog has currently escaped me. Kay, I am am very sorry. It was a good time. It's always a good time to watch these with friends even if these friends are all across the continent and nowhere near me. I won't go into great detail bit by bit for this rumble. I'm going to leave that to the Kings of the Rings or to uh, other podcasts that you like to listen to, but I'm going to go through a few of my highlights. The Women's Royal Rumble kicked off this show with Bailey winning, last eliminating Liv Morgan. We saw a returning Naomi, who had just dropped the TNA Women's Championship to Jordan Grace. And speaking of Jordan Grace, she showed up in the Rumble match with the TNA title. So maybe there's going to be a little bit of a working relationship between TNA and WWE. 
saw a photo backstage that Jordan took with AJ Styles, which made me kind of think that we could see a trade-off here. Because AJ Styles is not in the TNA Hall of Fame. And I found that very hard to believe because that man should be a first ballot Hall of Famer because he was the face that ran that place from 2002 until 2014, 2015 when he went to New Japan. I'm dumbfounded, actually, that he's not in that Hall of Fame now. TNA, for a while, wasn't as prestigious as it is today, at least in my opinion, because Hard to Kill was an absolute banger of an event. Looking forward to more from TNA. Been watching them on YouTube on on Thursdays lately. It's it's a pretty darn good show. So we also saw the the debuting Jade Hargill, fresh off of her run in AEW with the TBS Championship, going on, what, a 50-something match winning streak before she dropped it to uh, Statlander. So Jade Cargill had a really impressive bit here where Nia Jax was just outpowering everybody and just throwing people around, maybe botching a couple of people around, and... Jade Cargill just lifts her up like she's she's nothing and do like a fireman carry spinebuster move that reminded me of the late Sean O'Hare, R.I.P. And Liv Morgan also made her triumphant return in the Rumble match, fresh off of her her injury and her was it a marijuana something possession arrest in Florida of all states for it to not be legal in Florida. Make it make sense. People who live in Florida, make it make sense. Wade? Wade, I think you're there, right? Yeah, you were at the Rumble. Make it make sense. And for the love of God, America, just legalize the damn thing already. Canada's done it, and we're all fine. Ain't my cup of tea. I don't partake of the electric lettuce. I don't judge those who do. I don't mind the smell, but not my thing. We also saw Alba Fire was in this match and Second Heart Truth. So when Valhalla was making her way to the ring, she was here, there, I should say. He bolts to the ring and he's just like, where are the guys? Nia Jax yeets him out of the ring. Adam Pierce comes down and is like, you're not in this match. This is the women's match. And then just goes to Valhalla wants a piece of our truth and not in that way, like a a fight. So Valhalla is like, no, you in the ring. Our truth, get out. And immediately Valhalla gets yeeted out by Nia Jax. I think tying the record with Chelsea Green from a previous year. By the way, Chelsea Green in this match. Give her a raise. Like all the abuse that she took in this match. Oh, I'm getting to love Chelsea. I don't like the whole Karen spiel, but I'm coming around on Chelsea Green. I'm I'm not going to lie here. So, yeah, that happens. And backstage, Adam Pierce is still yelling at R-Truth. And he's like, 
happened to your hair? That's Nip. Mysterio? Oh, okay. Oh, I need a drink. My bad, just our truth being a gem and making everybody break on camera. Like, you can see he's made Damien Priest break, made him almost laugh, corpse, like five times. Phenomenal stuff. Uh, Roxanne Perez from NXT was in here. Uh, Alba Fire, who has been... Oh, yeah, she was drafted to SmackDown. That's uh, Kaylee Ray. I, I almost forgot. Bianca Belair was the Iron Woman here with uh, 47. No, Bailey. Bailey was the Iron Woman, but Bianca Belair was a close second at 47 minutes. She had a st uh, standoff with Jade Cargill, which take my money. She had a bit of an exchange with Jordan Grace, even landing the KOD on the apron. Take my money. Bailey came out to number three, and I said in the Discord chat that this is her Ric Flair moment. She's winning from number three right here. Just watch. And what happens? She she won. Tiffany Stratton had an impressive spot in this match. You know, I still really can't stand her, but absolutely respect Stratton's ability. And at the time I'm recording this, this is Tuesday, about... 20 minutes before NXT, so I'm going to wrap this up shortly. Uh, Bailey said that she's going to make her choice on Friday as to who she's going to face. Because she was starting to tease maybe Rhea Ripley, but Nia Jax came out and said, no, Ripley's mine, and she's not even going to make it to Mania, so I'm guessing this is your Elimination Chamber match in Australia. and. Yep, I'm for that. That's a match we've seen very little of. And it's finally someone who can kind of be a threat to Rhea Ripley. Because no offense to the rest of the women's division. I mean, she is head and shoulders above them in ability and stature in the company. Let's, let's be real here. So that's finally a threat. And it's a big heel for the hometown hero, the hometown girl, to conquer. I'm all for that. Now, the Fatal 4-Way match for the Universal Championship with Roman Reigns retaining over AJ, LA Knight, Randy Orton. It had some good spots in it. You had the great RKO spot from Orton because you're going to get an RKO spot like from the Phenomenal Forearm or something like that. You know, Roman retains due to interference from Solo Sokoa, death, taxes, bloodline. It's it's bound to happen. As Orton hit the RKO on everybody, he attempted to pin Roman. That's when Solo Sokoa came in here. All the challengers were triple teaming Reigns and then paired off into their own respective battles. AJ eats the spear, Roman wins, and he's going to WrestleMania. That's like the next time that we're going to see him. I know the death spot match, which I was surprised was in this spot. We had Kevin Owens challenging U.S. champion Logan and Paul. And, you know, Logan Paul is, forget his past. He did some shitty stuff in the past, okay? In my opinion, he's redeemed himself. 
He's still a prick. But the man, the man's putting in the work. And you can tell in this match because it was a great back and forth match here with the brass knuckles being at the forefront of everything here. Austin Theory and Grayson Waller got involved. And then they got their asses kicked by KO. And then this this guy who the guy who gave the brass knuckles to Logan in Saudi Arabia was there. I don't know what his name is. I don't know who he is. He's one of his homies. So KO then gets the brass knuckles, hovers, and then the referee counts one, two, and then the ref he sees. The brass knuckles in Kevin's hands and it's like, dude, disqualifies him. Hilarious, creative, and a self-aware referee. Who'd have thought? Uh, Kevin celebrates his disqualification loss while powerbombing Logan Paul through the announcer's table. So I'm guessing this, this feud's going to continue in Saudi. Before the men's war rumble match kicked off, I said to the to the lads in Discord, "You're one and number one and number two. I'm predicting are the Usos. Number one was Jay Uso, and then as soon as he came into the ring, everyone kind of knew, and they were just like cursing my name." And lo and behold, there's Jimmy. Jay Uso was in there for 50 minutes and 55 seconds. No, Jimmy was in there for just over 34. And then we had the return of El Idolo Andrade, who just last night signed to Monday Night Raw. I think a lot of us saw it coming, but it was still awesome to see. Carmelo Hayes, him on NXT, the one of the next guys that's going to get called up, in my opinion. He was in this match. You know, Santos and Andrade had a moment here. Dirty Dom lasted 33 minutes before elim being eliminated by CM Punk. Dom had some great spots here where he even eliminated Braun Breaker. And the rumor and innuendo here is, is that was going to be the Brock Lesnar spot. Brock Lesnar, had he not been named in this lawsuit, you dirty prick, would have been eliminated by Dom, and that would be his match at Elimination Chamber before taking on Gunther WrestleMania. And now because of the things that he allegedly did, that's not going to happen. That sucks because I think all of us wanted Gunther Brock. Good shit, pal. Good shit. Uh, Bronson Reed was in here. Omos, a man who hasn't been seen in quite some time, although I saw him at a house show in Toronto when he squashed R-Truth. Then we had the man who was calling the action the whole night, Pat McAfee. He was in this Rumble match, but it, he saw Braun Breaker and Omos 
staring at him, and he just went, nope. Just jumped back out of the ring and just said, nope, nope, nope. And I have a theory that that was a rib that Pat McAfee uh, had some receipts from Michael Cole last year at the Rumble who surprised him and didn't tell him he was going to be there. So Michael Cole kept that receipt for a whole year and ribbed Pat. That's my theory. I I don't know if that's true or not. I'll probably have to watch uh, today's uh, Pat McAfee show to find out. Every time, every, every time I'm able to, I watch. I love Pat McAfee. That man is electric. He brings a special energy to broadcasts and... Now, at least for the time being, him and Michael Cole are calling Monday Night Raw. That's your GOAT crew right there. Like Michael Cole, one of the best of all time. A lot of people still hate him for some reason. Get over it for the love of everything holy. But, yeah, they're a great pair, and I'm looking forward to it. Apparently, we got uh, Corey Graves and Wade Barrett on SmackDown since the, the release of Kevin Patrick. You know, I really liked KP. He could have been better at his job, but he did the best he could. I think he was better suited as a backstage uh, interviewer, in my opinion. Cody Rhodes. He got to finish the story, win the Royal Rumble, lasting just over 43 minutes. R-Truth, again, he's a gem. He had the friggin' spot where he came down to the ring and Gunther had Dominic in a sleeper hold. R-Truth was asking for the hot tag. And we got a hot tag. We overall rumble match before Gunther just chopped the soul and kicked the crap out of R-Truth. R-Truth also got uh, J.D. McDonough eliminated almost immediately. And number 30 was Sami Zayn who hadn't been seen on TV in a while since uh, Drew McIntyre uh, beat the living crap out of him. And then we had the final two of CM Punk, who came out at the lucky number 27 spot, by the way, and Cody Rhodes. Somewhere in this chaos, I think it was when Punk took the Future Shock DDT. That's when the tricep tear happened. He was written off of Raw last night with Drew McIntyre arguably becoming the top heel on Mondays, taking out Punk, and Punk basically saying, when I'm back, I'm finding you. We're going at it. And it's just unfortunate this has happened again. Like, Punk won the title and hurt his foot, and then Punk came back, and then Brawl Out happened, and he got injured. He steps into the ring for the first time. Well, second time, technically. He wrestled at the house shows. And this happens. And for all you people laughing or saying this is karma, give your head a shake. Seriously, just no. Stop it. Yeah, so Cody Rhodes, he finishes the story. He points at Roman Reigns in the crowd. Who is there? Seth Rollins was in his press box with his big-ass tub of popcorn and his drinks. Having a good time. Please 
let Cody win the title here. I have a hunch he is. I mean, he's the cover star of 2K24, which I've already pre-ordered with the Legends of Wrestle, 40 Years of WrestleMania mode. I am really looking forward to uh, playing that. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on the Rumble. Now on to Monday Night Raw from the year 2000. Let's go. What's up, everybody? This is Nate the and Great from the Brace for Impact podcast. Better bundle up because we're going up north. You are listening to the Fretzelmania podcast on Wrestle Attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. And now finally, back in the year 2000, it is Monday Night Raw, February the 7th. But first, as always, I grab my remote control and go grapple surfing to see what else is going on in that particular week. On the very same night, we had Monday Nitro in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where Norman Smiley defeated Evan Courageous, accompanied by the rest of Three Count. The Ball Brother beat Booker. Just Booker, because he lost the right to use the letter T, because he had a match on Sesame Street. Tank Abbott beat the Barbarian in a shoot fight rules match. What is that? I don't know. Vance reviewed WCW. DM me and let me know, good brother. David Flair defeated Terry Funk in an I Quit match, and I don't believe that for a second. That David Flair made Terry Funk say, I quit. They McFoleyed this, didn't they? They they did Rumble 99. They had to. DV Ray, accompanied by Big T, that is Ahmed Johnson and Jay Biggs defeated Disco Inferno, accompanied by the Mamelukes. Bam Bam Bigelow beat Brian Nobbs to win the Hardcore Championship with special guest referee Fit Finley, who loves to fight but didn't get to fight tonight. Billy Kidman with Tori Wilson defeated the Demon. Oh, that is Dale Torborg, a.k.a. the Kiss Demon. Oh, boy. And in the main event, Sid Vicious beat Scott Hall to retain the WCW title. Yikes on bikes, guys. Just, boy. SmackDown, which was recorded the day after this episode of Monday Night Raw, came from the Frank Irwin Center in Austin, Texas. And I'm looking at this card, and I realize... I'm going to watch this live. I didn't have UPN, but I had friends with satellite dishes. So this is yet another wrestling event in what I called the Dave's Basement Era, where I went to my buddy Dave's to play some PlayStation, some N64, and watch some wrestling. We probably had a GoldenEye tournament on just before this. I'm, I'm trying to remember this right. Kurt Angle defeated Val Venus to win the European Championship. Harry Saturn beat Grandmaster Sexay by submission with the rings of Saturn. Hedgen Christian beat the Dudley Boys, those damn Dudleys. Dean Malenko beat Scotty Too Hottie by submission. This is a matchup that we're going to see a lot in the coming months, including a really good one at Backlash that I'm looking forward to reviewing. 
The Rock and Sock Connection, The Rock and Cactus Jack, defeated the New Age Outlaws in a non-title match. Gangrel and Luna Vachon defeated the unusual mixed match team of Albert and women's champion Jacqueline, in which I think was one of Luna's last appearances in the WWE. Uh, she had temper backstage, allegedly, and it probably came to a, to a boiling point right here. Rakishi beat Chris Benoit by disqualification. Head Cheese, Al Snow, and Steve Blackman beat the Hardy Boys. I'm going to speculate that the Dudley Boys tried to interfere in this match and succeeded. Chris Jericho defeated the Holly Cousins in a no-DQ handicap match to retain the IC title. And in the main event, stemming from something that we are going to see, spoiler alert at the end of this show, because it's in my match graphic for the week, Kane defeated the team of Triple H and X-Pac via disqualification. Now, finally, Monday Night Raw from Dallas, Texas, in a sold-out arena. Uh, we see a recap of everything that's gone on. Uh, this is one of the first times I heard JR refer to Tori as a Jezebel, that Kane has been institutionalized due to the trauma of his once love leaving him. JR calls DX heathens. I don't think you know what that word means, JR. And the Radicals come through the crowd for a promo here. Harry Saturn wearing the tiniest, round, round, douchiest shades of all time. Saturn says that we tried to make some noise to make an impact, TNA, TNA, to get a contract. Malenko was, we wanted an opportunity, and we were good. We were damn good, but not good enough. Eddie, arm in a sling. Arm was hurting that in his first match. He seemingly says goodbye and thanks the WWE fans for their support. Benoit wants to thank the man who, who tried to help us, who made this possible, Cactus Jack. But Triple H and Stephanie interrupt. And Stephanie says that this whole admiration thing makes me want to puke. You guys played the game, and you lost. You couldn't get the job done. What's your next play? The Dallas Cowboys defensive line? Ooh. The fact that this is still appropriate in 2024 is hilarious. Just Cowboys suck. <laughs> Straight up. And Cactus Jack joins these joins the Radicals in the ring. Triple H says that you make me puke. My patient is wearing thin with this Cactus Jack situation. It's time to put it to the rest. He makes a challenge for a match. You get one last shot at me. You get any type of match. No 2x4 barbed wire. No thumbtacks. A match plain and simple. And Mick Foley says, I can choose, I can choose any match. Okay. You asked for it. Hell in a cell. Do you have the guts, Triple H? 
He says, deal, but on one condition. You put your career on the line. I beat you, you retire. Your career is over. Foley smiles as Triple H says this, as you want my career? You want my career? I am a three-time WWE champion, eight-time tag team champion, the original hardcore champion, the king of the Japanese deathmatch. I've done it all, except one thing. I've never made a vented a WrestleMania. If I win, <clears throat> no, when I win, I'll main event WrestleMania. And if I can't beat you, I won't. No, I don't want to wrestle ever again. Remember that. The match is accepted, and the main event of No Way Out is set. Triple H versus Cactus Jack, Hell retirement match. I got my special guest lined up for that show, and... Man, we're, we're going to be in for a treat that night. Triple H says that you have 20 days left in your career, and I want a piece of your ass. And the four of you in the ring here, you have two choices. You either leave or you show appreciation for the man who gave you your contracts. It was a setup all along. The Radicals, Triple H, DX, they joined the fray and they beat down Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack brought these four to the company and this is the thanks that they give him. This sets up the Radicals as upper main event heels already. Their second week in the company. This is some good booking. I'm I'm all for it. I remember this. I remember this era vividly, and it's gonna get real interesting. Backstage, Triple H buds up with the Radicals and says that, "Hey, me and X Pac, we're gonna pair up with all of you and take on Cactus Jack. And if he can't find four other friends to tag with, then it's just gonna be a five-on-one handicap match, straight up." Next up here for the Tag Team Championships, we have the New Age Outlaws versus Edge and Christian. They call themselves the cream of the crop. You, sir, are no Randy Savage. You're the cream of the crap. We see a recap of all the table shenanigans that Edge and Christian have been through with Edge and Christian and the Dudley Boys, speaking of whom, come out to the ring here. Bubba Ray is standing over JR like a teacher watching you finish your, your exam and threatening JR, who is still admonishing the Dudley boys to their faces to his credit or not credit. Like, you're either bold or you're stupid. And then JR's just like, don't you have somewhere to be? And Bubba's like, yeah. In your face. Devon is complaining about Edge and Christian and the Hardys and the attacks that they have had on the Dudleys, despite the fact that the damn Dudleys deserve this. 
JR is continuing to admonish Baba Ray after the whole thing with, you know, powerbombing some women through tables. We're going to get to some more spots in the coming weeks. And JR's like, you're going to end some careers. And Bubba Ray's like, yeah, I'm a sick man. I heard Harry's bones break as I was powerbombing him through their table. Her bones broke in my hands, and I am proud of it. He continues to threaten JR and stand over him. Meanwhile, in the ring, we have a decent back-and-forth match between the two tag teams here, where Christian reverses the... The shuck and jive punches into a reverse DDT. And then Bubba Ray hot shots Christian over the rope, kind of like a 3D-esque bit here, allowing Road Dog to hit the pump handle and for the Outlaws to retain. Afterwards, Edge jumps Bubba Ray Dudley. Backstage, we have Mark Henry and a... Pregnant 77-year-old May Young backstage just having a chat, saying, oh, it May, just stay backstage. I have a match. Just stay here and be comfortable. We then see members of the Dallas Mavericks and the Dallas Stars, including the legendary captain of the Stars, Mike Medano. I have a hunch that Basil McRae from Beaverton, Ontario, just down the road from where I grew up, he might have been there. My only question here was, where was Mark Cuban? The legend. <laughs> oh, that's going to piss off some wrestling fans. Yeah, Mark Cuban. If you know, you know. Kurt Angle then has a match with Mark Henry. Angle cuts a promo here before the match, offering Dallas to be their sports hero, but then decides against it. He then sets his attention on Mark Henry, saying that we're both Olympians, but we're nothing alike. We then see a makeshift. I don't know if it was makeshift or if Kurt Angle was really on the Wheaties box, but we see that in the crowd. He then says that, yeah, I won the gold medal. I had an undefeated streak. And Mark's best achievement was impregnating an 82-year-old woman which I think probably required a lot of intensity, but no intelligence and especially no integrity since he is living in sin with Mae Young, which prompts Mark Henry to come out to the ring here. They have a back and forth match here where Mark is out powering Kurt at every corner. We get a power slam. We get a leg drop. Kurt Angle foolishly decides to double leg Mark Henry, but gets powerbombed for his efforts. Mark Henry is knocked out of the ring, and up comes May Young to check on him. And then just May goes berserk and starts attacking Kurt Angle in the ring, but she eats an angle slam for her troubles. Bro, she's pregnant and on the ground. You can see Mae Young. I think she looked a little bit like she was smiling just a little bit. Because when she was going for bumps, she always told the guys, don't go easy on me. Hit me hard. Okay. Okay, I will. 
And Roth arrives to the arena in his $500 blue shirt. EMTs carry Mae Young to the back, who looks like she's unconscious, and then snaps and comes to and says something about her, I don't like being on my back, I like being on top. Oh, so she's a cowgirl. Hmm. Texas. <laughs> Lord forgive me, just trying to get in heaven here. She then takes off her top, claims that everyone wants to see her puppies, but the EMT who was wearing like a like an Xbox 360 level headset is shaking his head, saying, no, we don't. Hang <laughs> with the line of the night. Oh, she get her breastfeed with those. It'd be evaporated milk. King, that that <laughs> King, you're nasty. That was funny. We then get the Holly Cousins versus the APA in a hardcore tag match. And in proper hardcore tag team fashion, it goes all over the arena. We saw concession stands, popcorn machines, a neck and dispenser, and a trash can all get involved while the APA treat themselves to the Budweiser taps. Bob then smashes a liquor bottle over Farouk's head. JBL tries to powerbomb Bob through uh, the bar, but Viscera comes into the shot here with a 2x4. Trips trying to interfere. And finally hits Bradshaw in the back with the 2x4, who falls off the bar through a table. Probably not the first or last time that has happened. And the Hollies win this match. Thanks to Viscera. Speaking of whom, he is up next, challenging Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental title. Uh, Jericho's friend, China, is not here this week as she is filming her appearance on Third Rock from the Sun. Shout out if you remember that sitcom. Chris Jericho calls Viscera the love child of Mr. T and Fat Albert. Hey, 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 I pity the foo. And calls him Viscera the Hut. He hits a face buster and a moonsault, but the Hollies jump Y2J, and the APA get in the ring here, get their heat back, and hit a double suplex on Viscera. This match, I guess, gets a disqualification or a double DQ, but we're moving, we are... We're building a little rivalry here with Viscera and APA and the Hollies. And it's going to get good because we are mere weeks away from the Houdini of hardcore. Oh, Mr. 24-7 himself. Backstage, the Radicals are interviewed, saying that they're no fools and that Cactus Jack only fooled himself by trying to be their friends. But friendship doesn't go before business. The almighty dollar reigns, reigns all. And he says that Foley doesn't have enough stroke in this company, but Triple H does, which is why you know, they went to trust Triple H. Backstage, we have Kevin Kelly out in front of the Rock's locker room, saying that he may comment on the Cactus Jack situation in a little while. Also backstage, Gangrel and Luna are having a chat. Gangrel is saying to Luna, hey, Luna, stick to your game plan. 
have a cool head, and you can be the women's champion. And then Luna is, she is snapping. She's like, hey, she put a chair on, on me, near me. She hit me with a chair and this and that. So we have Luna versus Jackie for the women's championship. And I always wondered where the other side of darkness is, you know, where Luna is billed from. And JR must have retroactively heard me because he asked the very same question. Uh, Jackie wins a very quick match here with a German suplex. Gangrel gets into the ring and hits the Impaler DDT on Jackie. And of course, this is one of Luna's final appearances. Tonight, Monday Night Raw is brought to you by Chef Boyardee, Overstuffed Ravioli, Mmm, Beefy, WWF The Music Volume 4, and Skittles Taste the Rainbow. Jackie got a really big pop here being from Dallas, Texas herself, so she gets a nice little hometown deal here. Then see a Taz vignette done to his entrance theme, saying that, you know, survival is mandatory. The people I know are either dead or in prison, and the mood is about to change. Backstage, their rock is with Kevin Kelly who asks Rocky about his WrestleMania status and, uh, and about Cactus Jack. And The Rock says, I'll ask you a question, Kevin. Have you ever had pie? Why, yeah, I had a slice of apple pie earlier today. No, 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 no. I mean, not that type. The Rock wants to ask if you've ever had Poontang pie. And Kevin's like, well, yeah, look at me. I'm Kevin Kelly. I've had Poontang pie. The Rock denies this. He doesn't think that Kevin has ever had Poontang pie. So here, let me give you your first slice. <clears throat> um, Rock? This is a TV 14 show. Oh, it's a t-shirt with a bull eating a piece of pie. Okay, that's that's kind of funny. He puts it over Kevin Kelly's head. And then he says, you know, who's The Rock going to face at WrestleMania? Just basically saying it doesn't matter who The Rock faces at WrestleMania. He talks about the big show at No Way Out. He asks if Kevin Kelly is come see, come saw. I thought come see, come saw meant I'm okay in French class. Might be mistaken. It's been a long time since I've ever had to learn French. Excuse me. And he says, tonight, Cactus Jack is on a five-on-one match. It is now a five-on-two match. So the Rock and Sock ride once again. Triple H, I've kicked your ass for years. Now we're on to Benoit and Guerrero and Malenko and Saturn and Pluto and Uranus. It doesn't matter. What your names are. Take your contracts, shine them up real nice, stick them straight up with candy ass if you smell. You know the rest. Got the Godfather and D'Lo versus the Dudleys. The Dudleys interrupt the Godfather's Be Pimpin' Hoes nationwide speech. I'll actually dare you. D'Lo hits the sky high onto, I believe it was Devon here. That's a nope. 
Godfather is nursing a hurt knee on the outside of the ring. A lowdown results in a two count, and then D'Lo eats the 3D for the win. After the match, the Dudley Boys set up a table and threatened to put BB Barbara Bush through it, but Edge and Christian and the Hardys make the save. We then see another recap of the Radicals' shenanigans, and then Michael Cole interviews Cactus Jack. It says 20 days. 20 days until this big match. Don't count me out. Don't mistake me. 15 years ago, they said I was too slow, that I was too ugly. I'm going to prove everyone wrong. I was prepared for a one-on-five match. I didn't ask for The Rock's help, but he volunteered. I'm going to take it. And he said, I am meant to main event WrestleMania. It's going to happen. I'm going to main event WrestleMania, basically come hell or high water. But we will see. Triple H and X-Bot tagging up with the Radicals. Chris Benoit, Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko with the injured Eddie Guerrero in this corner against the Rockin' Sock Connection. Except as the match was starting, Too Cool's music hits. So Too Cool and Rikishi join the fray and make this a five-on-five match. Radicals come out to a primitive version of their theme with sirens, but Jim Johnson would eventually clean that up and make it into what their memorable theme would be. This match is a lot of brawling and stalling, a whole bunch of schmas up and down and all over the ringside. Stephanie McMahon is on commentary for this. Grandmaster Sexay hits a rude awakening on X-Pac. Saturn then is double teamed by everybody. We get the Bulldog and the Worm, but Malenko gets the cheap shot. Saturn with an overhead suplex. Scotty with a really nice reverse suplex. Kishi then steamrolls everybody. Chris Benoit, German suplexes Rikishi in a very impressive spot. Cactus Jack gets the hot tag. Unloads on Benoit. Rock gets a hot tag himself, and then we see the Tennessee leg jam by Grandmaster Sexay. The hip-hop drop, if you will. Benoit and Saturn double snot rocket Grandmaster Sexay. That's nasty. Grandmaster is pedigreed, and then Chris Benoit does the flying headbutt for the win. After the match, we have a beatdown as the rest of DX come out to the ring. And then the lights go out. And who walks up to the entrance ramp? But a man that we haven't seen in quite some time. Paul Bearer in a red suit jacket. And then Kane's music hits, Desperate Times, call for desperate measures. Kane gets his old man on the horn and brings him in and back to the WWE. Kane is no longer institutionalized. He has been unleashed 
on the world and degeneration next and the radicals could be afraid very afraid kane heals everyone coke slams a bunch of people and does his pyro and raw ends right there with the return of kane i have seen this on youtube a bunch of times because what a pop Kane got here when he came out. Because you knew business was going to pick up. You knew he was after Tori and Xbox. And that's a few that we're going to see go forward for a good couple of more months. Damn. I mean, that was quite, quite the episode of Raw. And I can't wait for No Way Out. Myself and my special guest will be going through that in the next couple of weeks. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Please be sure to follow me on all my social medias from Instagram to Twitter to Blue Sky and Threads when I remember to use them at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. Be sure to also check out Wrestle Addict Radio, The Cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast across all major podcast podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it, it's on there. Kings of the Rings Podcast, Race for Impact, and upon his return, Mr. YLP of the Young Lions Perspective. Check out our merch, check out our Discord our Patreon, we have all that links in the description of this podcast. So until next time, folks, thank you very much. TTFN, pata for now, and keep your stick on the ice. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.